Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello all, welcome to the Giants Splash. I'm Henry Schulman, the Giants beat reporter for the San Francisco Chronicle. My guest is former Giants manager and current Houston Astros manager, Dusty Baker. Dusty has spent 53 years in professional baseball and has been through more stoppages of play than anyone as a player, manager, and coach. Through strikes, lockouts, and tragedies such as the 1989 World Series earthquake and the 9-11 attacks. Nobody has a better perspective on the current shutdown caused by the coronavirus. I chatted with Dusty as he drove from his Sacramento home to his office. Thank you so much for joining me, uh, Dusty. Uh, you got home from Florida okay, I take it? Oh, yeah, I got home uh, and uh, barely because, uh, you know, the flight that I was on was full, but it was, it was nobody was on the flight from uh, Florida to Atlanta, but it's full from Atlanta back to sack so you know i'm glad to be home okay well uh yeah it's it's too i had to fly once too and it's just too bad we couldn't really have the social distancing that we wanted to um now this is gonna i'm gonna ask you a lot about the past i wanted to ask you one current event question you were hired to be the uh, astros manager after a very difficult time in their long long history and uh it was i'm sure it was a different spring training how did it go as far as you were concerned well, it went pretty well with the players, but it didn't go very well with the with parts of the media and also uh, some of the fans. You know, it appears that, uh, you know, parts of America right now are, are angry, you know, because of what happened. And uh, so uh, this has kind of been a welcome break, but you don't want a break like this. Uh, but, you know, some of the players took it harder than other than others on the team, but you know, like I explained to him that this too shall pass. And this is, uh, you know, everything in life is temporary. It seems like it's forever while you're in it. But, you know, sooner or later, this will subside. And, and you know, uh, you brought up a point I was going to ask you about. I mean, I think a lot of the things, a lot of the negatives in baseball, uh, while they may not go away forever, we're going to have at least a, probably a month, maybe longer. Do you think that maybe with the, you know, the appreciation of having baseball back, based on your past experiences, uh, things will be a little uh, nicer, I guess, for lack of a better word. People will just um, enjoy baseball for the sport, at least for a while. Maybe, but I, I don't think so, really, Henry, because, you know, there are some people that haven't vented their, their you know, their true feelings and emotions yet. You know, like we hadn't been to, to L.A. yet. You know, we hadn't been to Chicago. We hadn't been to New York. And, uh, you know, we played New York in spring training and uh you know there were quite a few people upset you know met fans and yankee fans and so i didn't think that this was going to be over at least until you go uh to each city at least once right so right. I, I didn't anticipate this would be over till july or august and it might not be over then because there are some people that just you know felt the need to you know to voice their opinions uh uh you know out loud and, and you know you kind of you got to put your big boy pants on and you gotta 
you got to take it, you know, because you can't let people show that you're, you know, they're really getting to you or getting to your game uh, or getting into your head. But, you know, um, you know, this is something that, that you almost have to take for a little while. And I just hope that the, that the guys, uh, skins are thickened at this, at this point. And, uh, and you try not to listen to it, even though you know that you hear it. Yeah, and I know it's just one more challenge for you in a professional career that began in 1967, <laughs> when almost as long as I've been alive, uh, 1967, when you were drafted by the Braves. And I thought you were a particularly good person to talk to about the current situation because you have been involved either as a player, a coach, or a manager in every work stoppage we've really had, and that includes uh, more than a half a dozen or about a half a dozen work stoppages, the Earthquake uh, World Series, also 9-11. Uh, I, I guess the, the best thing to start with would be the 1981 uh, strike, uh, which, which baseball lost about two months. You were an outfielder for the Dodgers. You were actually an all-star that year. Uh, and uh, about two months were lost. And then, of course, in, in 1994, uh, the strike ended the, uh, ended the season. There was no World Series, and you didn't even know until, you know, about a, a week or two before uh, the 2005 series, I'm sorry, 1995 series actually began, that you would actually be playing baseball. So those are the two really long layoffs. Uh, let me just start briefly going back to 1972. That was the very first baseball strike, very first baseball work stoppage. It only lasted about... 10 days or so. What, what are your recollections of that and sort of the reaction of players and uh, how they coped with it, uh, really not knowing when baseball would resume? Well, yeah, it went down for me. Uh, that was my first full year, and that was my roommate, Ralph Garth's second full year. And, uh, you know, we had rented a suite in the, in the, in the Marriott. Uh, you know, we pulled our money together and figured it'd be over in a couple days, and Hank Aaron was urging us to to work out and you got to come to practice and work out. Well, we didn't, I figured I was the last guy on the team. And then, uh, uh, we were in the suite for two days and then our money ran low. And then we were in, uh, uh, uh a double room, uh, for a couple of days and our money really ran out. Then the next move, we moved to our buddy, Joe hands, one bedroom apartment and Ralph and I had to flip for the flip for the, uh, the couch. And the other had to sleep on the floor, and then we ate chick Church's chicken every day, and, you know, we ran out of money. And then uh, they said, hey, get back to work. Uh, you're playing. We opened in San Diego, and uh, Hank Aaron, uh, no, I'm sorry, Orlando Cepeda hurt his knee, and I think the first or second inning, and I thought I was the last guy on the team, and they said, uh, Dusty, grab your glove. You go in the center field and moving Hank to first base. So I went. Uh, I got a hit my first time up, and then I didn't get another hit for 20, 20 more at-bats. I struck out about 15 times, and they put me on the bench. And I asked Hank, I said, what do I, what do, I do? He goes, I told you that you should have been working out. He says, you got to get in the cage uh, all day, every day, till your hands bleed. And then I got another opportunity uh, in May. And uh, I got four hits in, in Astrodome. The next day, I think they gave somebody, Ralph, a day off, and I got three more. And then they gave Rico Cardi, who's the other outfielder, a day off. And I think I got two or three more. And then on the fourth day, they traded Rico. And from then on, I played every day. And, uh, you know, I was I was uh, buying for, a, for a, a batting title. I came in third in the league and hit. And Ralph came in second. Billy Williams came in first. And I know if I had, to, had that 0 for 20, 
who knows, I could have been Al Kaline and led the league, who was <laughs> one of my heroes, and, you know, he led the league as, as, as a rookie. And so, you know, that's what I remember most about, you know, that strike year. Well, uh, you know, the, the experience you had running out of money at the beginning of the year, does that and maybe even other experiences you have give you a little more sympathy for the plight of the minor leaguers right now who, uh, I mean, well, yeah. it was just announced that they're going to get a small amount of money uh, right now. Uh, but, you know, does, does that give you the sympathy for them? Oh, yeah. And it was already small in the beginning. Let's see. I remember like the strike of 81. Well, then 76, they locked us out in spring training. That was a lockout. We were down to Vero Beach. That was my first full year with the Dodgers. And then in 81, uh, I worked out every day. And I remember Dave Stewart. No, we were in the St. Louis airport. And uh, the Dodgers had their own plane, and they wouldn't take us home. And so uh, uh, myself and other players on the team, that you know, the guys that were making good money, you know, we had to give, like, uh, I think Rudy Laws on the team and Bobby Castillo and uh, Dave Stewart. We had to give them, loan them money to get them back home and uh, also loan them some money to, you know, have them make it. I remember at the time I was losing, I think, uh, $3,000 a day, and I was building a house, and uh, interest rates were 18 or 21% yeah. or something like that. And it was it was a terrible, terrible time, but. I worked out every day. We started out working out in USC, and then after a couple of weeks, and there'd be about half the guys. And then after a week, there'd probably be another week there was hardly anybody. And so Lee Lacey and I worked out together uh, along with my my uh, my nephew. Uh, you know, we played wiffle ball every day. <laughs> and, uh, and I just knew at that time that we were going to go back, you know, to play ball. I, I just couldn't see... Uh, the season ending right then and then uh, uh, I swam every day I ran I you know we worked out every day and then and then um, uh, they said okay the first game's gonna be an all-star game in Cleveland that's when I made my first all-star uh, all-star team and uh, I've told my guys here the other day that my story about not working out and what it cost me then I told them about working out and then I, I think I had the highest batting average in the in the National League after the strike, and I knew what it, it was because I worked out every day. Uh, and so did, I guess, did, yeah. yeah, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. So, no, 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 and so I shared both those stories with, with, the, with the Astros players, you know, before I left, and I, I told them it would behoove you, no matter, it's going to get boring, but, you, you know, you got to do it, because the one thing you can't afford to do, if they do come back, or when it comes, or when it happens to come back, that you can't um, uh, get hurt. You know, you can't pull a muscle. You don't have any time to, you know, to rebound. And that's the thing. You you must stay in shape. Well, does that, and you did finish seventh in MVP voting in 1981. Uh, the Dodgers also won the World Series in, a, in an odd postseason where they did a first-half champion and a second-half <laughs> champion. And, and the yeah. thing that, you know, it was very strange. I, I remember it uh, very well. And, and the thing I've always wondered about that is, um, you know, so they always talk about how the Expos might have won the World Series if they had played the whole season. Did, did that? Well, they might have. They might have. But did, yeah, yeah. With, with the way that the you know the losing two months of the season and having that odd postseason, did that diminish for you any of the joy uh, or pride of, of winning that World Series ring? No, not at all. I mean, I think I think we won the first half. I think by half a game. Houston won the second half. And then Cincinnati had the best overall record, I think, 
uh, you know, uh, between the three of us, and they didn't even go to you know the playoffs. And uh, that was the first year that they had the, uh, you know, the uh, mini series with, uh, you know, the NL, NLCS. Right. Uh, or no, or the NLDS. DS, yeah, they called it the DS. Yeah, DS, mm-hmm. exactly. And they didn't have that then. It was the best of three, I think, and then they went to the best of five, and that and that format kind of stuck around. Well, even today, even though they increased it, uh, uh, you know, by a couple games each series, so. You know, that didn't menace it at at, at all. You're listening to the Giant Splash Podcast. We'll have more right after this. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. I'll tell you the worst. The worst of all, Henry was was well. There's a couple of worst. In 1989, the earthquake uh, uh, series, man, that that was uh, uh, unbelievable because my daughter had just come up. To, I had just gotten divorced, and she'd come up from L.A. Uh, the week before, and uh, she was doing a book report on on what to do in case of an earthquake. Huh. And, and so uh, she had told me that, that you get under a table or that you stand in the, in the doorwell, this and that. And so that next week, uh, that was the that was the earthquake uh, uh, time of, of the World Series, and uh, I was under all that cement in Candlestick Park, and and it seemed that like it turned into liquid. It was flowing. It looked like jello the way it was flowing, and and just to think about all that weight, you know, coming down on your head. So I I went and stood in the door well, like my daughter told me, and then I uh, I was eating some banana nut bread, and uh, you know. Uh, uh, the A's, I mean, that was a terrible, terrible time. And they told us, hey, the Bay Bridge had fallen down. And then the, the freeway in, in Oakland had fallen down. And then I remember Terry uh, Steinbach, you know, his wife was crying. And then uh, uh, everybody came onto the field. And, you know, that was, uh, I mean, that was one of the worst that, that, that I think uh, I, I had been through. And the next week, my daughter came up again to visit. And I went to take a picture in the marina of a, a and you know, the visit Bobby Welch, who was on the A's, but my former teammate, uh, and 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 the visit Bobby Welch, and I and, and she was finishing her book report. She took some pictures of of a of a three story uh, uh, apartment that it shook down into the mud to one story, and I'll I'll, I'll never forget that. And uh, uh, you know, then I, you know the fast forward one of the worst times i think of all was the 1994 uh strike because uh matt williams is i i know in my heart he would have broken uh babe ruth's record or at least come close to it matt was off to a great 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 start and uh then uh you know i couldn't believe it and then in 19 and then we ended the season we started the season with uh you know, with replacement players, which was which was a horrible. I was probably 
my worst year in baseball because, you know, that was the epitome of, of being middle management, you know, because our pension, our, our licensing, our medical and our dental is paid, uh, is through the union, but I was getting paid, you know, by management. And, uh, uh, you know, from being in the first strike ever, that was, that, that was even more difficult for me, you know, to, to you know, to have to uh, manage potentially, uh, you know, replacement players. And that was, I mean, that was a really, really tough time. And then it went all the way to, like you said, it went down to, you know, the last minute until they, until they settled it, they gave the replacement guys a, a party. And, you know, I can understand the position that they're in, but uh, I don't know if anybody understand the position that it put us in as coaches and managers, because, uh, you know, I was talking to Dick Pohl. He was one of my coaches in. He was telling me that this was the absolute worst situation that, you know, you could dream of. And so uh, I'm glad that subsided. And uh, hopefully, you know, this will subside too, because this is, this is uncharted territory right now that we're, that we're in, Henry. Yeah, and you know, in 1981, you lost two months. Of course, in 1994, uh, you lost six weeks toward the end of the season there. Now, in 1994, you were a manager by then, like you said, middle management, but you were also, uh, I'm sure, overseeing the, the readiness of the players. And I'm just wondering uh, what you kind of instructed your team to do, especially the pitchers. Uh, when, back then, in, back in, then, in 1994, yeah, and, and and compare that to what maybe you've told them now. Well, but they weren't around. You know, the players weren't around uh, at that time. You know, like we just had straight replacement players. And uh, I don't remember what we instructed the guys on how to stay, stay ready because, um, you know, we didn't have much time from the time they settled it I think we had a very abbreviated uh, spring training that year. It, it might only been about 10 or 12 days right. of spring I, training. I was actually asking about 94 when the strike actually hit in August, and you still thought there might be baseball to the end of the no, year. No, I didn't think so. You didn't think I, so? I mean, no, I, I really didn't think so. I, I thought that in, in 81, I thought because it ended so early, you know, I thought that there would be baseball. The longer it went, I was I was beginning to, to doubt, but I still couldn't couldn't see no baseball. But at at in '94, you know, a lot of the revenue had been you know had been collected uh, already. You know, similar to like the NBA that they're going through now. You know, uh, I think the NBA only had like nine games left before they were supposed to start the playoffs. Uh, and so, uh, uh, no, in '94, I didn't think. Uh, because it ended so late, I couldn't see uh, us going back to work. I think in '94, you know, all the coaches and and manager, you know, we had to go down to the minor leagues and evaluate the minor leagues. You know, you know, in order to earn your money. Because I remember going to Shreveport, watching them play. I remember going to Tucson, uh, you know, and 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 watching them play. Uh, you know, against our AAA affiliate. You know, that's what I remember about that time uh, is the fact that, you know, we had to go, you know, we had to go earn our money, but in a different capacity. Dusty, uh, in the last segment, you alluded to uh, the uh, the Earthquake World Series. There were, there were two times, two delays, the Earthquake World Series 
and the 9-11, the delays were not as long, oh. nearly as long as, as this was going to be. It was 10 days after the earthquake. It was one week after um, 9-11. But those were very yeah. much emotional delays. I mean, a strike is one thing to have events like that occur. And I think even even more so than, than the strikes, uh, I think there's a little bit of an equivalency here because of uh, how, how many people are, are getting sick and dying. Um, yeah. I, I'm just wondering, what, when in, in both of those uh, times, after the earthquake and 9-11, what was the mental state of the players? Well, I mean, it, it, was, it was bad. It was down, especially like on the earthquake. I mean, you know, we couldn't believe it. The whole world was shocked. I remember Dave Stewart going to help some some people that were caught underneath the rubble of of, of the of the freeway that collapsed. Uh, you know, we were just about trying to help people, trying to heal them, trying to trying to come to their rescue. And uh, I'm sorry I didn't mention about about 9/11 because I knew uh, you know some friends that lost lost their, their fiancés in 9-11, and it was a shocker. I remember we were in Houston and, uh, uh, at the Galleria. Never forget it. Call. Oh, yeah, and I got a call from Sonny Jackson that morning. He says, hey, man, turn on the TV. I said, well, why, Sonny? And uh, I think I was, I was still in the bed, and he go, man, uh, you know, the World Trade Center and, uh, uh, collapsed. I said, really? And then I turned it on, and then I saw – Actually, what I saw was the second plane that, that hit, and I thought that that was a replay from the first time. Huh. And, uh, you know, then they locked, you know, they locked us down. The airlines, uh, you know, we couldn't fly home. Uh, you know, we were just in a hotel similar to how we are now. You know, I mean, they were, I think they invoked martial law at the time, and, uh, you know, we didn't know how we were going to, you know, get home to our families, and, uh, you know, that was... That might have been, that might have been the toughest. I think you know, uh, uh, just you know, just watching that and then trying to help America heal through through baseball and through entertainment. Right. And, uh, and, and this is how, I mean, this this is terrible now too. I mean, this is like every time you think you've seen something, as long as you live, then you'll see some things that you have never seen before. And this is certainly. Certainly one of them. And we saw after 1989 the emotions at Candlestick Park when we had the uh, the pregame where the, the group from Beach Blanket Babylon sang yep. San Francisco, honestly the first and only time I think I've ever shed tears at a baseball field myself. Uh, and then after 9-11, of course, Mike Piazza came back, uh, hit the home run. We had the World Series with uh, yep. President Bush going out to throw out the first pitch. And I'm just wondering if you think that when baseball comes back this time, which will be after a much longer period, that we might see some of the same emotions? Well, I think so. I mean, uh, right now, this is it, it's kind of like a, I was describing it to my son the other day. That this is like a sci-fi movie right now. And, uh, you know, it just doesn't, seem, just doesn't seem real, but it's real. You know, it's very real. And uh, this is... Uh, you know, I mean, we all, we all got to come together no matter what your political beliefs are, no matter what your, uh, uh, you know, religious beliefs are, no matter what your racial beliefs are. I mean, this is a time, you know, for us to come together big time. And, uh, yeah, this is going to be an emotional, emotional time. And, uh, you know, sometimes I, I, I wonder personally, you know, like, 
why is God always putting me in these positions? <laughs> you know what I mean, Henry? But, you know, evidently, you know, I can help some, and I can help somebody, uh, by, by my past and, and hopefully what I've been through and, uh, and pass it forward. Well, you've been in baseball 53 years, so professional baseball. So you are probably going to encounter almost every situation, uh, even strange ones like this. Uh, you've, you've also beaten cancer, which we're all grateful for. It's an, another test that you Thank had you. in your life. And I wish you well throughout the rest of this. And I really do. Uh, even though maybe not a lot, not, not every fan in baseball is looking forward to the first Astros game this year. I'm very much looking forward to your first game uh, managing for a long while. And I really want to thank you for taking the time to give us your perspective. All right, Henry. Thank you. You're a good man. It was good questions. All, All right. right. Thank so, you, Dusty. Thank you. All right. I'll see you later. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Giant Splash. We hope to have many more discussions with newsmakers in baseball as we all try to weather this coronavirus crisis. The Giant Splash is a production of the San Francisco Chronicle. Support the Splash and all of the Chronicle's great journalism by signing up for a Chronicle membership at sfchronicle.com pod.